I joined Summer. Um, my name's Amanda, and I've been listening to your show for a while now. And I've gotten my mom to start listening to you guys, too, and on her way to work, she has to drive a lot. And my two daughters, I have three, but the youngest one is still too young to really hear you guys. But my two older girls, they're four and two, they love hearing the theologians start at the beginning of your show. Well, that's where your pastor, I think, it is. Yeah, theologians. So they just wanted to try and do it themselves. Ready, girls? One, two, three. Can you do it, Charlotte? Can you do that All right, anyway, we just wanted to leave you that little message. Hi. And that's Charlotte saying hi. Thanks for your show. We love it. Bye. Have you had your soup today? And the cold, crisp taste of Coke is so satisfying, it keeps me from eating something else that might really add those pounds. Pounds, pounds. Good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to the episode of Sheologians. We are here today to put the she in sheepishness. That have we already done that one? Not sheepishness. Oh, you're right. Obviously, sorry. Cut that out. Yeah, cut that. Cut that. She forgot to read her master list. Never done that one. (laughs) That's all I have to say about that. Don't question Joy. (laughs) My name is Summer, and I'm here with my beautiful co-host Joy. Enjoy. I just want you to know that um, a lot of people think that I am the more intense of the two of us, but (laughs) you are the last woman I would cross (laughs) ever. And I mean that in a good way. You've got a strong arm mentally and emotionally. I don't know about your actual arm i mean like my shoulders are kind of bad are they yeah but i think i'm pretty strong for a girl i believe that you're kind of tall for a girl too yeah whereas i'm short for a girl right which is saying a lot (laughs) (laughs) right so there's There's that there's a balance that's here yes um but you're right i am joy and i'm here with my beautiful co-host who is indeed beautiful and also having a conversation with her is um, like Googling something, there's always <laughs> results. <laughs> Literally anything. Anything. And we can talk about it. <laughs> so wait, what was the thing earlier you were telling me where you won't, you don't type it in, you Google it? Oh yeah, for the Google voicemail. <laughs> I go to Google <laughs> and I type in Google voice. Yes. And then I click on a search result. Me too. I will not. I will not type in Google Maps, like the actual address. I go right. to Google and then I type in Google Maps. <laughs> and then I click on the I link. Wonder, wait a minute. What happens? Just a sec, you guys. Because. Um, no, type in I want to go into Google and ty- just put in G. Uh-huh. Except for. Okay. Then that's obviously going to be Gmail. I mean, if we type in Google, except for now, it's giving me it like won't let me put it in the actual search bar. 
I mean, you it's just, just pulling up to my because Google is my search bar. Right. Is that like that's what I do? Top? I put in I type in Google Maps in my search bar, which is just Google. And then it takes me to <laughs> Google results page. Right. And then I click but on I it. See what happens when you type in Google. Google Translate. So this is not my stuff. This is not based off of my search history. Google Translate. Google Earth. Google. <laughs> <laughs> That means someone goes to not just in their search bar, but on the Google page. Yeah. Google comes up and they type Google into the <laughs> <laughs> At least I'm not one of those people. I mean, <laughs> I feel like we're not really. <sighs> Google Classroom. What's that? I don't want to know. I don't know. Google I don't owns be everything. educated by Google. No. Mm-mm. Sorry. No. I mean, does that make sense though? Because... <laughs> I'm educated by Google all the time. I don't even know what we're talking about right now. I don't know either. Um, That voicemail was really cute. We had to share it with you guys. I know. It was too cute not to share. Seriously. And I loved it. That Um, was like a misty-eyed voicemail. (laughs) So sweet. I love your guys' voicemails. If you want to leave us a voicemail, our voicemail number is 470-465-0475. And give us, uh, you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash sheologians. You can also follow us on Instagram where I post updates about the show and the memes that make me laugh and snort. And the handle for that is at have you had your soup today? Uh, And yeah, if you like the show, then you can partner with us by sharing our episodes. Number Mm -hmm. one, the power of social media um and by supporting us on patreon at patreon.com slash sheologians um all the best things in life are free but we are not one of the best things <laughs> so <laughs> uh we've got some patreon sales pitch <laughs> we've got some uh patreon only videos and stuff up there for you so check it out i feel like whoever said all the best things in life are free was like stealing a lot of things <laughs> or lived in a time where right. nothing cost money. Right. We had another uh, voicemail listener or voicemail listener. Uh, <laughs> we are the voicemail listeners. Right. Voicemail talkers. Uh-huh. That's the correct reference. Um, voicemail. Leavers. Voicemailers. And we're voicemail Does that work? Mm. I don't think that's It right. works. It's anyway. fine. It's good. Um, <laughs> So she was she was talking about that list you read of like the best things like the uh-huh. the rice and the phone. Rice costs money and phones rice. do too. Right. So this guy didn't know as we established a new toothbrush. Um, How did you get that new toothbrush? If it's the best thing, it can't be free. Right. He doesn't know. He doesn't he's know. Like he's pulling so, a Kevin McAllister he's stealing too, a toothbrush. He's too young. Um, <laughs> she wanted to know what are our favorite things. So, but like, here's the thing is that is such a hard question to answer on the spot Mm -hmm. that like, let's just answer it another time. Like I'm giving it to you now, as opposed to like in prep time when we're not recording, which would have been Uh a better option to tell you (laughs) that one of our voicemailers, voicemail lever talkers, uh, with the thinky thoughts (laughs) wanted to know. I have some of my best things just. Oh, off the top of your head. You're just ready. Uh huh. Do you have them? No, no. That's so much pressure. Oh, we'll do it later then. No, tell me now. <laughs> I'm gonna go with trees. <laughs> Sorry, Summer's making like a really 
just she's making the face of someone who's just been offered a watermelon steak or ham. <laughs> um, that is also summer. I don't know. Um, Are you saying I'm a watermelon ham? <laughs> no, you're making the face oh. of someone who's just been offered that. Yeah. Like what? No, thank what you. What is that? What? Why? Okay, trees. Um, I'm gonna go with trees. Uh huh. The piano. Okay. The sounds it makes is what I'm saying. <laughs> I don't just like looking at them. <laughs> look at that beautiful piano. No, don't play it. <laughs> just look I just at it. Look at it. Just look. <laughs> I'm gonna go with time. Time. The herb. Oh. Human. Okay. Okay. A really, really good industrial mixer and a really good industrial oven. Okay. Um, driving in the car. Oh, okay. For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And books and hiking. Okay. This is a good list. I just mm -hmm. feel like if you thought about it some more, maybe like trees wouldn't be on it. Trees is my like first favorite thing. Oh, okay. What's your favorite tree? <laughs> I'm trying so hard. I love ash trees what is that you've been lit on fire up. and now it's just a pile <laughs> of ash <laughs> no no okay <clears throat> i have cherry to think blossom it. trees okay sure like in mulan my parents have a really <laughs> yes okay kind of okay um, there's lots of different kinds of, of trees. course there are so many that kinds. stresses You'd be me blown out away. i would not be <laughs> I'd list you three and you'd be like, that's enough. That's too many. Frankly. It's like when someone starts playing the piano, I'm like, no, no. don't do that. When someone starts telling me a story about their dog, mm -mm. Right. stop it. I don't know. Maybe just give us like one favorite thing. Oh, no, that's so my husband. I know. I was going to, I was like, your kids. Your like, I mean, they're not things though. Right. So that's, that can't count. Um, one favorite thing. This is too much pressure. Steak, steak for sure is one of my favorite things. I just ate some, and some fancy cheese. I guess I am fancy after all. Yeah, <laughs> like I, I guess think you are. I just have to stop hiding my teacup and saucer <laughs> and just embrace the fact that I uh, was just eating a to-go steak, <laughs> traveling steak, traveling steak. <laughs> um. Okay. So hey guys. Hey, that was a little too serious. Hey, guys. Is that better? Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> uh, I had this idea where we talk about why we aren't feminists a lot because we do think that's important. But I also believe that it's not just enough to point out why feminism is poisonous. We also need to talk about why... Like being a woman is so great because ultimately I think what's being like shoved down our throats is like this, this weird amalgamation of like gender neutrality and all gender norms are bad and da, 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 da. And there are a lot of bad things that have become quote gender norms in some parts of society that we right. would reject. Right. But a lot of them are built on and ruined and distorted versions of actual truth that ends up getting kind of shoved by the wayside because we don't want to be those um, silly patriarchal 
Victorian fainting couch right. type women, which I do think is a picture of womanhood that is not necessarily right. biblical or good. Um, but I guess I just kind of want to talk about like, well, what is so great about being a woman? Like, okay, we're saying that teleologically we were designed for a purpose. God had a plan. And we're talking about the God of the universe who only makes interesting things. I mean, he hung Jupiter and he made tiny little everything from, you know, the biggest star to the smallest atom. And all of it is just miraculous and designed and beautiful and interesting. Mm -hmm. And for some reason we get to the female and some of us think, Oh, she's just a wife and a mother. Right. And there's no creativity. It's like, right. Oh, God just got boring with us. Right. He made, he made Adam and then he was like, Oh, I guess I didn't right. do the job. Like, I guess I forgot about a few things. Here's Come this, on here's this add on that's right. kind of pretty maybe, so like, you know, like with both of them here, it'll be kind of be like a complete person. Right. Right. But that's Get not over true. Here, you, you rascal. <laughs> You silly lady. No thinking for you. Um, but one of the basic... No fainting couches in the garden. No. At least as far weren't. as I know. There weren't. You're right. Um, and one of the basic differences between us and the majority of feminists, who the majority of feminists are unbelievers. Let's just be honest about that. There are yes. some Christian feminists, but... They don't need to be. Correct is that we believe we were designed by our, by our creator who has a purpose. And so this postmodern, like weirdly obsessed with resentment culture, I think has just like really distorted for us what women are for. And I think ultimately only somebody who denies God's authority in his creation can believe that women weren't necessarily for a specific role. Um, and so we, but the fact is because we do believe that God created his creation with a purpose that, and we believe that God loves us and he loves his creation. He said it was good. Um, and if you believe that women and men are equal in worth and value, then the role that he has for us cannot be an afterthought. Like it, the radical idea that scripture offers is that it is in opposition to the purp purposelessness, purposelessness. Yeah, that's the right word. Purposelessness of secular thought. And it's that God designed women to fulfill his purposes in creation um, and for a glorious mission. So that that's like, I think both of our, you, I think you probably agree with everything yes. you said. Mm -hmm. Like that's where, that's like our starting point um, is that, God's design is great for a lot of different reasons and that women were not an afterthought. Right. Um, I want to, I have a place that I want to start and take it's us. not, I'm just going to explain cause I don't want anyone to take it the wrong way. So someone will. So you posed the question to me when we were talking about this topic is like, what is beautiful about being a woman? And the very first thing I thought is women are beautiful. They are the more beautiful what? of the genders, mm -hmm. um, at least for humans. This is not like a 
so okay so we can we can idolize beauty that's sin but to say that like beauty is nothing that's just nonsensical because god made plenty of things beautiful he yes. he made the sun and the sky and then sustains time so that at the end of each day there's a sunset and if you live in arizona a particularly beautiful one. Oh my goodness yes and so he made things with the intent of you looking at them and being like oh my gosh that's beautiful so he made women that way and you know what um I'm not going to get too much into the idolizing beauty, mm -hmm. but if you don't feel like you're beautiful, mm -hmm. um, I don't think that's true. Yeah. I think that uh, we have a kind of hard perspective on ourselves. <laughs> Most yeah. of us do that. I don't think that just qualifies for, uh, that's not just for women. Right. But, um, but if you were to ask your friend more than likely, she'd think you're beautiful. Right. Your husband thinks you're beautiful. Right. Your kids think you're beautiful. Mm -hmm. um, the people around you, um, also, I'm just going to mention that there are like entire books dedicated to the beauty of women. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure men got Genesis 39 where they talk about Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. <laughs> That's like what we're talking like in comparison to like a book. Yeah. We're right. Like got like you got, got like this one reference to a his, dude. Right. <laughs> in his word right like he has emphasized right the beauty of women it's not meant to be taken to a sinful level right um but let's face it that's one of the things that's beautiful about women is we are the more beautiful of the image bearers two genders <laughs> yeah the two genders right so that was just my point one and i figure that breaks us into the conversation no it's it's true and um i think that that is a we we so detest the the function and form of the human body in our culture right. uh we because we sin so hard in that area yeah like we we toss out beauty and a standard of beauty god's standard of beauty like we just throw it all out yeah because we think that like beauty can only be done in an objectifying way or a harmful way or just like something that some people have more of than others and it's not fair and we just we throw it out yeah the window yeah and it's bondage like if right. you if you have to live up to the world standards like you are going to be in bondage yes to a lot of physical work on your physical appearance mm -hmm. and it's um it's ugly <laughs> it's actually ugly people who are obsessed with their appearance are not people you actually end up like to liking to be around because they, I think they're sad. Right. Um, if you always have to look a certain way, you are going to be really sad. Yeah. Um, and that is, uh, well, and it keeps you from fellowship. It mm -hmm. keeps you from the table. It like, that is a, it's a serious, serious sin. And I don't want to minimize it by just like throwing beauty. Like it's a whole nother episode that I'm sure we intend to do at one point. Um, but women are more beautiful. And I'm, I'm saying that because even if you don't think you are, you totally you're are a creation of God. Right. Right. Yeah. That's, we should, that is its own episode. You're right. Yeah. Like it's a whole, and, and I think most of us don't even realize how far off base we can be with this because oh, yeah. we're so culture saturated mm -hmm. and it's, yeah. Well, and yeah, we've just separated it so much. It's like we can't have a standard of beauty because that makes people feel bad. So we just like get rid of the standard when really like mm -hmm. just focus on like God's standard is the one. 
right. that matters. Right. And um, I guess that kind of relates to one of my points was, uh, so we've talked about womanhood a bunch. We're women. We're interested in it. We like talking about it. And um, one of the books that we recommend over and over is Becca Merkel's Even Exile. You can get it at canonpress.com. And someone actually asked me to go through these. And I think that they're really interesting. And one in particular, I really want your feedback on like, but I'd, I won't even have to ask for it. Um, but I love the way, so Becca kind of outlines these things that women were created for. And there's four of them. Uh, it's to subdue, to fill, to help and to glorify. And uh, what she means by subdue is coming from what God did in creation in Genesis. Right. And her point there that I really, that's so encouraging. And you guys need to hear this, like hear this. One of God's purposes for all of mankind and therefore for women is to work. Work is a good thing that has been tainted by the fall, but nevertheless remains a good thing mm -hmm. for us to do. And women are made for work. And some of the hardest workers I know, if I, if you were like, hey, tell me five of the hardest workers you know. Half the list would be women. Right. Women are capable of hard work. Right. We really are. Um, and so when God made Adam, the first not good he gave was that Adam was alone. And when he made Eve to come alongside Adam, it wasn't because Adam needed some just something pretty to hover around him. Right. Uh, there were a lot of beautiful animals that could have fulfilled that. Like if, if Eve was just supposed to be pretty... Right. Uh, the, God garden the, would have been enough. the garden was enough. Um, <laughs> added, Adam needed someone to work with him in fulfilling the creation mandate. And he actually couldn't do that work alone. And Eve definitely got her hands dirty and did not have a fainting couch because there were none as you establish. <laughs> um, this, I mean, it seems obvious, but I think we fail to grasp this on like both ends of the spectrum. Right. So like we can fail to see feminine work as work. Or we think women have to fulfill a man's role to be truly working. Right. But that's not true. Right. Um, so her second, her second point was to fill. And I love the way Becca puts it, which is the way you kind of already put it. Um, she said, if God had wanted a race of all males, he could have made one. <laughs> he made women because women are necessary to the entire mission not because God couldn't think of another way to get more men into the world to do all the real work. Right. Um, so I think a lot of women have... And it certainly wasn't to degrade certain men by giving them certain work. Right. Versus other work. You know what I mean? Right. Like, yes. it, he didn't have to make someone separate and distinct because he had like a lesser work for her. Right. Exactly. And I think a lot of women have kind of bought into the fake empathy of postmodernism where we're just like so quick. We are so quick to tell women that their purpose in life is not just to have babies. And that is true. I mean, it's true that your right. only purpose in life as a female is not to be a baby making apparatus, right? but it is a part of your God given design. So it's not just your ability to have babies that makes you a woman. It's so such an obvious thing to say, but it is an unescapable mark of being a woman. And I don't think our culture is in danger of overemphasizing that at all. Um, <laughs> like I just find it incredibly dishonest. 
given how many millions of babies we murder in the name of reproductive rights every year uh, and how many billions are spent every year in all different kinds of sterilizations and birth controls that any of us think we need to remind women that they can do more than have babies. Like What that usually means is don't have babies. Right. Right. Don't have them. Yes. Reject that. Reject that. Um, and I think maybe instead we should be reminding women that there's actually nothing shameful or bad about right. having children yeah. and that it's actually a good and a right thing. Yep. Um, and it's a fulfillment. Right. It is a fulfillment, not the only fulfillment. It is a fulfillment of your design. Um, should God give you a husband and right. that it, that it's good and it's right and it's pleasing to God. And um, I am willing to bet that given the work feminists have been doing for over a hundred years that like most of us, when we hear this, we're like rushing to say like, but, but, but wait, like what if you're single or what if you're infertile, um, which are valid questions that scripture also has an answer for and right. God also has a purpose for. Right. Um, and, and neither of those things mean that you're in sin, but they don't change the fact that your fertility is something you cannot escape. Right. And God did design our bodies in such a way that we are the ones that bring life into the world. Um, and there's nothing shameful about singleness. And I, I do believe, and I actually have a whole section here. I want to talk about like, what is God's purpose for single women? because he has a beautiful purpose and plan yeah. for single women. Um, uh, but I would also argue that for Christians, it's just not, I don't think it's a biblical norm to pursue singleness. Singleness is a gift. Right. It is a gift that is given to right. you. I don't think it's the norm. Um, and I think marriage is the norm for Christians and not for just the sake of pushing out babies, but that God uses the family for gospel advancement and mm -hmm. imaging Christ in the church and this in no way leaves the singles out but right. I just think there's like this push well, it certainly doesn't deny <clears throat> it doesn't deny like the hardship of a season of singleness like that's also not what we're saying we're not saying your ultimate point of being here is that you be beautiful and you have children but yeah. those are things that make women beautiful yeah and I would say if you have the desire to marry you might not have the gift of singleness. Right. You might not. You might. Yeah. I can't determine that for you. There's no catch all. Right. But if you have the desire to marry, then you should marry. Right. And and pray and wait and be patient in that and do serve God while you wait. Right. Um, but I don't like this this whole I don't see any biblical warrant for a wholesale kind of obsession with singleness because there's this claim that like the church doesn't treat singles right. And maybe in churches we do need to find a way to involve our singles more, or maybe our singles need to get more involved. Right. Or maybe the singles that want to get married haven't gotten married because they haven't gotten involved. Right. Like who knows? I don't have the answer for everybody's situation, but um, I just think we, don't be like the world and attempt to divorce our body's design from any kind of purpose that God has. Right. Is what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Especially not for the purpose of it making you feel bad. Right. <laughs> right. Because that indicates that you have idolized something and have, 
place something right somewhere where it shouldn't belong. Like having right. children, it's it is so important. But if you're say if you really do believe that it's the mark of a woman, mm-hmm. there's something disconnected here. Like right. there's that's right. Like oh, you gave birth, now you're a woman. That's not right. right. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's not, not right. right. <laughs> but also, like being so offended by the idea that women give birth indicates a problem. Yes. Does that make sense? Like, and yes. you're not allowed to do it. Yes. Jealousy, maybe resentment. Anyway, there's like loneliness. A, yeah. All kinds there's of a things. lot that goes into that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> perhaps you're going to get to this. So I'm sorry. Let's if just I, go there. If I, maybe I'm not. <laughs> um, but I, this also comes out of the Merkel camp. Um, and so this is it's the idea that women largely can like take one thing and they are like the transformers yes so like yes so like you you take what is given to you yes and you turn it into multiple things or you turn yes. it into beautiful things yes or you turn it you turn something that's inedible into something that you can eat and or you turn something that's sort of cold and impersonal into something that feels warm. Right. And that or we take genetic material right. and turn it into a human. Right. I think uh, I think uh, Ben Merkel said something to the effect of like she takes that I think she's very pretty and like she turns it into a child. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. Like um, and so. Uh, that is not. Like that is something that all women do. Yes. I do that. And I'm not saying that in order to do, be a woman, you have to be able to do those things. Mm-hmm. But we are given this this very interesting perspective or role. And that is that like there's a provider. And sometimes that's you too, if you're single. <laughs> like, and that, I get it. Got it. Gotcha. Yes. Trust me. <laughs> yes. Um, and then you take that whole thing, that piece of raw material and women have this ability mm-hmm. to make that be- make something beautiful that wasn't beautiful before yes and um and that is not mm-hmm. that is something that comes naturally yes to many women and i'm not saying that to be a good woman you, all those things have to come naturally to you yeah um but chances are like if you examine your life there is an area where you take a thing there's something you're transforming right and you transform it into this other thing yes um you take these little tiny babies that are very impressionable and you teach them to fear the lord yeah you take a piece of steak and you transform it into a meal you take your husband's (laughs) paycheck and turn it into breakfast and you yeah you turn it like you you uh you facilitate its use and you mm-hmm. know how to split it up mm-hmm. fairly. And there, there is this part of women that knows how to take a thing and make it into a better thing. Yes. And, and that, th- it doesn't seem like a quality that would be given by a God who doesn't love women. Right. And doesn't cherish them. Right. Because that's a really cool thing. Yes. Like it's just cool and interesting. Yes. Um, and women are out there doing it yes. all the time. It's being fruitful. Right. That's what we do. Yeah. We are fruitful. Right. And that doesn't just refer to children. It doesn't. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, and I think it, um, the book talks about this in context of being preoccupied with glorifying because we are the glory of man. 
as Paul says. We are the glory of man. Um, And I loved kind of like in that passage in 1 Corinthians where uh, most, I think, egalitarians kind of read it in a way where like women are this kind of like afterthought. And if you read it wrongly, you're going, it's going to sound like women are just inferior to men. But you have to realize that this passage is paralleling submission, like a wife's submission to her husband with Jesus's submission to the will of the father. And so if you are going to say that that makes Christ inferior, you are engaging in Trinitarian heresy. Um, And be careful how you talk about Jesus. (laughs) Right. Um, And so man was, man was created as the image and glory of God, but then the woman essentially was a more concentrated form of that glory because she is the glory of man. Um, And so if you kind of understand, I think Paul was very careful in that passage because I don't think he wanted you to think like, Oh, men are the most important because he, he adds at the end. Well, because that would like be a lie, right? It would be a lie. (laughs) It would be unbiblical. Yeah. Um, It wouldn't have made it in there, but saying that all things are of God. Right. And so if you think about the, so women are the, the glory of the glory of man. Well, what was the Holy of Holies in the old Testament? It wasn't a weaker version right. of yeah. the holy. Yeah. It was like the more holy. It right. was the holiest. Right. It was the like <laughs> the adorned, the the spot, you know, yes. like that was made with only certain things and yes. and only in a certain way and yes. only certain people can approach. Yes. And so we tend to read that passage in First Corinthians as like, oh, she's like the you know, oh, well, it's like men, a trickle down effect. Yeah, the trickle down effect is not in play here. Men are the glory of creation, but then like, oh, the women are just the glory of the man with the created thing. Da 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 da. But like, that's not how you should be reading it. Um, and essentially, the the beauty of a wife's submission to her husband is that it's the freely given submission of an equal to an equal. Right. And. If it was simply the submission of an inferior to a superior, then that would really change things. Mm. I get how that would be like, oh. It would also, I think it'd be a lot easier to submit to. Sure, yes. If you really were inferior, (laughs) I don't think you would, like, if it was something that came naturally to you, I don't think we'd see so many wives that are unsubmissive. Yes, (laughs) I know. But I mean, so that's the beauty of Christ's submission to the father, even to the point of death on a cross. And that willing submission of someone equal to an equal Mm -hmm. ended in Christ being given a name that's above every other name. It ended in glory. Right. Um, And I just think it's beautiful to think about how when you are submitting to your husband, you are imaging Jesus who was not inferior to the father, who is not inferior to Mm -hmm. the father. Um, And who did, he had like, he did different things. Like he had, of course, like the father didn't come to earth. The father didn't die on the cross. Right. So again, we're, we have like separate distinct roles. roles, Yes. They're doing different things. Right. 
this exactly they're not the same person they're one i mean it's it's like it's a beautiful picture it's it goes beyond when we when husbands and wives image christ in the church it's not just that we're imaging this uh one thing we're also imaging the submission of jesus to the father the will of the father um and that's beautiful Yes. Yes. <laughs> I mean, that basically trumps everything else we talked about. <laughs> yeah, it does. It's the best part, really. I mean, and <laughs> we should note that um, all all calls for submission are always wife to the husband. Like, right? You are not to submit to everyone's husband or every man, oh, yeah. or yeah. there are always proper authorities in your life. Like, you should submit to your church elders, who should always be men. Um, right. You should submit to your father if you're living mm-hmm. in his house. All these kinds of things. Yeah. But just like real quick, you guys, like submission doesn't mean you submit to every man. It's your husband. Right. And the authority that God has placed in your life. Um, so I guess, do we want to get into the practicality of all this? If you want to. I guess we could. <sighs> What is the practicality of all this? <laughs> I think you get a lot of the practicality in Titus 2. Um, okay. So what do we know about... Okay, so those are some of the great things about being a woman. But what? how does that play out? I mean, I can't give you a rule book. Right. Um, Jesus didn't. Uh, but I think you can say safely that um, if you're a wife and a mother... If there's a home, if there's a husband and children, then as a woman, you are the one that kind of should be running that. Mm-hmm. Um, not supplanting your husband, I'm saying, but basically if you have a household, then you know that you are in charge of it. Yeah, you're taking that that role where you transform. Yes. Um, and, and that looks differently. Right. We're not saying there's no, it lo- does look differently. Right <laughs> a lot of women work outside the home. I get it. That's not what we're saying. But when, un- you know, we're even told that when unbelievers see women living like this, they can't blaspheme the word of God. Right. That's how serious yeah. this is taken. Um, I think that we also learn from Titus too that like the older women are supposed to instruct the younger women, meaning that this job of raising a family is something that uh, isn't just something, I mean, it requires patience and practice and, and training and being taught. Right. Um, having godly models. If you don't have a godly model, scripture is your godly model. Um, find older women in your church. Mm-hmm. Older women in your church are incredibly valuable. Yes. Um, and so I'm not saying that, um, I I don't mind. I know a lot of godly women that work outside the home, but what I'm saying is that like, this is where you should be oriented. Your orientation should be towards your home. Right. Um, if that makes sense. And we know, you know, I mean, I can't tell you how many times over the last two years I have seen women just hate on Proverbs 31. Oh, yeah. Oh, you think all of biblical womanhood isn't Proverbs 31. But it's like, look at this woman. She's incredible. And she manages so many things. Right. And and well, this... what are you saying <laughs> when you throw? Why, what are you saying when you say that? 
Like, are you really saying that you, woman, <laughs> you, man, are you really looking at God, looking at his revealed word and being like, oh, I'm so tired of reading this. Is this. so played out. <laughs> right. Like, what the heck? Right. If you feel that way, you are, you, <sighs> there's some issues about how you're thinking. Yes. There just is. You might be we, a feminist if. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like the the point is, is that if if there's a passage that makes you feel that way, mm-hmm. get into it more. Get closer. Don't yeah. back up. Yeah. And don't give an excuse like, yeah. oh, well, this is just people have been mishandling this text and they've used it to mistreat women. Yeah. And all these things because it's in there. Yes. It's yeah. in there. We don't just get to take out sections. I mean, if you're talking about wanting to take out sections, like let's go for willing submission. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> right. But I, I mean, right. I think there's a few women out there that yeah. are like, they get the joke. Yeah. <laughs> just saying. Yep. The point is, is we can't take it out. Right. And we're not supposed to read it mm-hmm. by the world's standard. Right. We're not supposed to do that. We're not supposed right. to take what we have on our back. We're not supposed to take our sin Mm-hmm. to this text mm-hmm. just because of some something we were taught right up, and just because somebody right just to be, because somebody has abused the passage doesn't right. all of a sudden make the passage null and void because right. every line of scripture has been abused somewhere by someone yes um but the point is the whole reason i bring her up is just because she did work outside the home but i think you can clearly see that her orientation was towards the home yeah um the way that her family related to her and trusted her right. and spoke about her tells you that her orientation was toward the home. Um, and I think that's what we're called to do. And if you don't have a home, if you are a single woman who doesn't have a husband, doesn't have children, or maybe has a husband, doesn't have children, even then you can still look around you for things to transform people to bless um, and focusing on that, we are told that, you know, the single person has more time for the things of the gospel. Right. So throw yourself into that. What else is there? If you're a Christian, what else is there? Just glorifying God. Right. That's it. So find a way to do that. You are not useless. You are not less valuable. Um, at at all. a certain point, I just want to tell you in terms of renewing your mind, if you continue to think that, it's on purpose. Mm-hmm. It's because you love feeling undervalued and you like being angry about this thing. If you continue to think that and you're not giving it to God, then you want it. Tell him. <laughs> That's true. No, and I, I can, we can all see that in various areas in our lives. Oh, yeah. Where there's things where we just, it's so hard to mortify that we just decide we don't want to mortify right. it anymore because it's easier to hold on to it. Right. And then we start to ignore entire passages right. of the text right. so that we can believe our thing. Yes. Like that is clutching to your sin. <laughs> it really if I've is. ever seen it. It really is. And I've seen myself do it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, don't worry. <laughs> yes. I got it. Yes. So I guess just the last thing I want to say is that um, I think that regular, ordinary, everyday obedience is transformative to the culture 
So a lot of what I see in our godless culture filled with godless churches is churches who are not being obedient. And the impact that's having on our society is great. And I think for us ladies thinking about ordinary everyday obedience to what God has called us to, uh, to believing what he has said about us will be transformative to the culture. And uh, it is easier to drown out the voice of the world if you are not spending your time, the majority of your time, invested in what the world has to say about women, but rather... And throwing out wisdom literature. <laughs> and throwing out wisdom literature. <laughs> pew, pew, pew. <laughs> uh, and spending time in the word. I think it's so important that we're actually doing that. Right. Uh, you can't be obedient if well, you don't that, know what you're being obedient to. I mean, another thing that's beautiful about women that we share is that we have, uh, that we share with men even, but because we're talking about women, I'm just going to frame it from that is that like we have access, mm -hmm. we have intimacy with God like that. The things that really matter, there's not a role designation. It's not like, well, you're a woman, so you come to me in this way. No, you can like That's you right. can enter into intimacy. That's right. Through prayer. Yes. And through the scripture. Yes. Uh, yep. Just as much as any other woman. Yep. Or any other man. My husband always tells me. That's saved. You've Sorry. already been <laughs> seated in heavenly places. <laughs> uh, you've already been seated in heavenly places. <laughs> If someone ever, if you like, just want to give like some fake encouragement and like not right. really help someone with a problem, just be like, listen, bud, you're already in heavenly places. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's all I got. Do we have a feminist of the week this week? I don't. I don't either. I don't even. Mm, whoops. Were we supposed to have one every week? We used to be I mean, good I about think, that. I think I kind of had a feminist of the week in this episode already. It, it was the people who throw out Proverbs 31. Yeah. I mean, get out. Don't do it. Stop it. Don't. It's like when you just get mad about how like you get mad at a part of scripture because some people are really bad at interpreting it. It's right. so unfair. Right. It's so unnecessary. Yeah. Like this is the word of God, y'all. Yeah. Anyway. All right. That's it for this week. You can leave us a voicemail at 470-465-0475. You can get some Patreon-only content and access to early episodes at patreon.com slash sheologians for only six bucks a month or more than that if you really love us. And <laughs> I will... We will... Oh, Joey. <laughs> Joey and I will see you next week. Consider it cheating now.